Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today, I'm with my friend, Erica Ty Campbell. I'm so happy to have you with us. I have never met you in real life and or like via video communication. So this is so exciting. Um, Thank you for your yes. I know that you have a pretty jam-packed schedule. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for asking me. It's so funny. Like when you have internet friends that you forget that you don't know them. I know. And it's crazy because I'm like, oh, I have such insight. I pray for you guys. It's like I follow Paul's like work page. I'm like, oh, this is like so fun. I'm like, I hope they're doing well. They just moved. The kids aren't really resting. I was like, I hope that they're doing well. It's like, it's so fun when funny when you're like, okay, I've never like hugged you, but it's so nice. So, um, but I'm so grateful that you're here and that you're a part of our Catholic art and media series. And I would just love for everyone listening to just know a little bit about you. Would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself? Sure. We just moved, my family and I just moved from San Antonio, Texas to Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I grew up. And I have not lived here for 16 or 18 years. I keep forgetting um, the calculation. So it's like a whole new place. I am the mother of two young children. I have a three-year-old Francis and a one-year-old Lucille. I am the owner of Be A Heart, which is a Catholic lifestyle brand It has taken many shapes and forms. In its current state, we design a lot of um, products that um, focus on having beautiful moments in our daily life, things that we use every day that can remind us that God is with us, that God is present with us, and also really have been trying to focus on like gifting moments in that, like how do we how do we give these to each other and times of celebration or sorrow or the moments that mark our lives too, that can then be with us every day. So I am the artist behind, behind the work. And I have a team of women who help me uh, make everything happen. Man, gosh. Well, I would say, I mean, I have gifted many of your things to God, children and friends and it is always received well. I think it's so the aesthetic is really like thumbs up. Thank you. I love how it fits into to like regular decor. Right. Sometimes with some products it can be really like stand out, but I like how the things that you guys make are just really beautiful in a way that when you get up close to it, you're like, oh, wow, that's uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's cool. Um, And so it's just so um, beautiful like that. So I'm so grateful that you said yes to, you know, God's pulse on your heart to create. Not all of us have that like gift and talent. I know as I'm sitting here, actually, my friend is getting married um, next month. And uh, her bachelorette party is this weekend. So I'm creating like a little video for her for some of her Gosh. friends. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, everyone send me like a 30 second video and then I'll put it together and we can make like a montage. And then as I'm doing it, I'm like, why the heck did I say everyone send it to me? I'm not creative. And it's looking like an old Windows media player video. So which is good too. It's like 90s <laughs> is in. There it is. You know what? So you can just say like you were making it for the time. That's what I'll tell her. And it's a Barbie theme. So I'm like, maybe it's just kind of like, oh, it's fun. I was trying to admit that's why it's all laggy and the music doesn't match. That's absolutely it. So Erica, I would love to know more about like, I mean, many of us have followed your journey on social media. You're so vulnerable when you share. And 
how did you kind of get to becoming this? I think you're a powerhouse and just like this creative Catholic world. I think it's really cool what you do. And, but how did you get here? Like what inspired you to start making your art? I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm like, how did I get myself here? Like, <laughs> I get it. I have a new book coming out, which I know that we're going to talk about. When I was thinking about it 10 years ago, around this time, like as we were turning from summer into fall was one of the darkest times of my life. And it was mm. right before the change. So like so many times we think about the moment where everything changed and it's like a joyful experience, but to remember back to like what it was actually like before that change and the despair and darkness that I lived in. And, and, you know, I will say that people looking from the outside wouldn't have known what was Mm. going on because so much of it was like my internal life. Mm. And some people will say, I, you know, they, they did see the mess that was my life. I was really lost as to what to do with my life. I, I had just gotten back like a year and a half, or maybe it was just a year my timing gets very confusing. But oh, girl, it's okay. Time is a time is a construct that I don't understand yet. So you're good. At some point after I came back from Brazil, I had lived there for a year and a half, and I thought I think a lot of people have this experience. Like we we think you go to college, and that there are like certain touchstone points that mm. will just happen. And so I was very much under the impression like I'd graduate college. I decided that I would go volunteer for a year and a half. And by me giving up a year and a half of my life to God, then I would in turn get everything I ever dreamed of and quickly learned that that's not how it works. And I was like a toddler and felt like I had been like duped in it all. And the reality is like, I just had my understanding of God wrong, but it took me a long time to figure that out. I had an appreciation for art and I would sometimes like allow myself to do some crafting or like I enjoyed that, but I never, um, I was not an artist myself. I didn't see myself that way. I studied sociology. I wanted to be a teacher. Oh my gosh. I was like, I was in a school system and I was like, whoa, I don't want to do this. Been there. Yep. Don't want to live this life. Yep. Yep. So that fall was really hard. And in November of that year, um, through really the grace of God, I got sober to be able to get sober. I had to really like everything. There was like an upheaval of my whole life, my whole understanding of God, of myself, of like, you know, what I was doing. So the piece, the connecting piece is like, I had so much anxiety and had, there were reasons that I was drinking and it wasn't like, you know, I think so often we imagine like the alcoholic to be someone who's got like a brown bag um, mm-hmm. hiding their their beer. But really for me, it was like, I was, it was the only coping mechanism that I had for a life that was extremely, um, I was just like not able to look at reality. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like what I was doing. You know, there were all these, these things. So when I quit drinking with the help of Alcoholics Anonymous, I was still left with myself, which was Mm. difficult to like sit with, right? Like I used to come home from work and then I, I could drink to kind of like calm the anxiety and then like fade away. So I was left and I needed something to do in the evenings. And so I picked up a calligraphy set and 
I taught myself how to do calligraphy. And this was right at the beginning of Instagram time. Like it was so new and you can scroll all the way back and see, like it was, I was terrible at it. (laughs) Um, but I didn't, I didn't even know or care really. Like for me, it was the practice Mm. of like having something to do with my hand and allowing God, like being able to then connect with God as I was creating something. And that kind of sent me on this journey of like learning new things. There's like a whole long story that cannot fit in the 20 minute podcast. But, you know, even now I have a hard time calling myself an artist because Mm. it's not something that was like so natural in me. Like I even assume that artists are just like born that way. And then maybe they like go to school and, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to go to school. I'm I'm still paying off my debt from my college um, 13 years ago and am not using that degree, but still got to pay for it. And like, I kick myself and think like, oh, if I had just studied that or just used that money to do that, but it wasn't the case for me. I started selling my lettering on Etsy that, you know, we all start out on Etsy Mm -hmm. and then with each new ask that someone would have of me, like, oh, can you do this? I would just teach myself. Like I'd say yes. And then I'd figure out how to do it. The progression just like over these years, this was like 2014 that my brother convinced me to make Be A Heart an LLC. And so that's like eight years of just like learning things. And I'm not the best, like I'm not the best artist in the Catholic world. There's plenty of other people. There were a lot of risks that I took. There was a lot of like, gosh, there's like two things. Like I also had to feed myself this way. And Mm. the story of like how I decided to do it for a living is a little bit longer too. But when you want to make ends meet, like there's a lot of creativity and I think an openness, what I, I think now we would call the Holy Spirit, like, you know, a lot of turning it over. And I had to be both businesswoman and artist and that like fine line of both of it, because you can't, you know, really even today, like I spend more time running the business than I do creating things. Because if I can't sell the thing to somebody, then like the art time is lost, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I wish we had an entire episode just for you to tell your whole story. I like to think I'm super chill and like accessible and totally not like someone that has followed you. I I also think that's kind of weird when people say that from, you know, from years ago, but it's so interesting. Like, I just remember reading some of your, some of your stories you would share just about your anniversary of like sobriety and, and like, you know, how God was working your heart to kind of pivot, be a heart's mission and then to where it is now. And it's just like, it's so amazing watching your growth. And um, especially, you know, as I was in college and then watching and reading the things you were sharing about having a hard time and then meeting your husband, I was like, gosh, this woman is like really out here preaching to people that are suffering (laughs) and like struggling and, you know, and creating things that are just beautiful for people to have some semblance of hope. Um, And so I love that you said yes to God, even though I know that there were probably more hard moments than happy moments, especially in the beginning. So, um, so I'm really grateful to you and I'm sure everybody else is that, you know, snuggles with, I know my goddaughter snuggles with your blanket every night and, you know, 
her little sister who's two like does your little stickers all over the house which her mom probably hates me so yeah she's like no stickers ever again. <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely that was a gift purely on my part I did not consult with her parents it's just so beautiful everything that you have produced from your yes and I'm curious like from all of the work that you've been doing then this book is you know going to be in the hands of so many people and, you know, it's probably a labor of love and hardship and grit and grind for you to actually get here. And, you know, so I'm sure probably being to the end point, all my friends say once their book is actually done, they just like want to celebrate, you know, go on a cruise and never think about making it again. Um, And so I'm sure that was also, you know, partially, if not all of your experience, but from the book and what you've created, what are your hopes for people when they pick it up? Like, what are you hoping for people to take from it? Especially if you're, you know, for me, I have a lot of friends that are married and, um, and mommies and they'll talk all about like, oh, you know, I want to liturgically live. Yeah. I <laughs> but my kid also like pooped her pants in the middle of Walmart and I got to go home and I don't have time to do this craft because the other one is like, scratching and biting and I don't have, you know, and everything is just stressful and too much. So like, especially I'm sure for mothers and people that don't have a lot of time, but like, what are your hopes for people that pick up your book? Yes. So, okay. So this is what I, why I was thinking about this 10 year anniversary yesterday, because I was thinking about how for me having like a little craft to do in the evenings or like Mm. something to do with my hands or try something new, learning new things really changed my life in huge ways. And I would pick up other people's books, um, these beautiful craft books, and they kind of inspired me to create my own beauty. Mm. And so when we set out to make this book, like the big thing for me was, I think so often in the Catholic world, we can, um, we kind of accept like lesser beauty, which is silly because you look at the churches and they're like these gorgeous things. And then what we bring in our homes is not that. And so I really wanted to make something that was so beautiful that would sit out on people's coffee tables. Maybe not something that like is used every single day because then there's pressure on us. And I think as mothers, there can be too much pressure. Like, Oh, I missed this. I didn't do this. Mm. And really it should just be something like when, when we need an activity. So like for me with kids, it'll be like, okay, we're having like an easy day. Like there's not madness going on, which happens occasionally and I need something to do. And so the book would be something that someone could pick up and say like, oh, I have the these things in my cabinet. Like, let's do this. Um, but I also wanted to make a book you know, with this idea of liturgical living. I, I always say, if I had known about it when I wasn't a mom, I would have enjoyed doing so many of these things because I had more time. Mm. And especially as I was like coming to know myself in learning about the saints and learning about all of the, the diversity in our church, so much of my struggle was trying to fit myself into a box of, of what I thought I needed to be based on what I was seeing other women to be in the church. And as I've started to learn about saints, which I really didn't start doing until I was like making liturgical calendars, Mm. I knew them, I knew of their names, but I didn't like know their lives or like really not just like there's like diversity in coming from all over the world 
but also diversity of heart and like who, and God doesn't call any of us to be each other. He just calls us to be ourselves. And that really looks so different. And so learning about the saints lives isn't, is not so much about needing to be them, but like can teach us how to be more ourselves. And so, you know, I think so often another failure that can happen with this ideal that we need to live liturgically, whatever that means to somebody like within our homes, if it's not aiding in our, in our life or like bringing joy into our home, or like, if it's just learning about facts about somebody Mm. and it doesn't bring us any closer to God, then there's, there's not like a real point to it. So Mm. for me, it's like these little things that I can do. I mean, I have a three-year-old and trying to like, I'm still wrapping my, the idea of teaching my child about God. Like it's, you know, it's an interesting position to be in and to make it more natural in our home where like Mary is just a part of our family. And so we get to do these little things and we have the Mary doll. Um, So last week I was like, oh, it's the queenship of Mary. And I was like, okay, what can I do? Okay. We've got some craft, some uh, gold paper to make a little crown. And so the girls helped make the crown and then we put her on the altar and that's all we did. Like it wasn't this whole big thing. It was just this little, little piece. And so anyway, with the book, it's like, I don't want I don't want it to be something where someone feels like they have to do every single activity for every single feast day, Mm. but it's more of like a job jumping off point of like, look at the beauty in our church and hear all of these little things. A lot of them have to do with learning about the different cultures of people, because I think the more that we can know and appreciate and like bring into our home, the richness of our faith of, of different communities they each reveal something different about God. And so with the book, I hope it inspires hope and beauty in someone's life as like certain things helped me in my despair, which it's kind of funny. Like it's a craft book or an act. It's not even a craft book. It's an activity book. Right. Mm. But I hope it's so beautiful that people want to return to it to like try something new. I absolutely love that. Oh my gosh. You are, you're popping. It's like, you're so cool. And I absolutely love that and think that that's amazing. And I think that the kind of general accessibility um, that you talk about is something that a lot of people will appreciate. Because for me, a lot of books that ask for me to pick it up every day at a certain time, like, I'm like, you already lost me, baby. Like I I'm tired. I are, have already thought that I'm probably going to take a nap and forget about it. So it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's amazing, especially I know with my friends like that have kids, it's like the idea of your schedule ever being the same is just not realistic. And something that I appreciated that you were saying is, um, you know, just the diversity of the church, both in, you know, in culture, but then also in experience is such a beautiful thing. And um, I thought about when my goddaughter was two, I believe, I got her a book called Saints Like Me from like Catholic Sprouts, I believe Catholic Sprouts. And uh, it was the Saints Like Me, but like the Black Saints. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, and she's very, very white. What else did I get her? I think I got her like a doll, it was a Black Saint doll. And then I got her like, just filling up her life. And her parents are always like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing it's good that she knows about the richness of the church. And we'll talk about like 
you know, Our Lady of Cabejo together and how Mary and Jesus were actually kind of a little darker. And, uh, and it's so wonderful because especially with children, they're so beautifully receptive to those things where you're like, you know what, this is fun. And for a long time, which her parents and I laugh about, Noelle would be like, why, why am I not black? Like, it's like, I have missed out. Yeah. She's like, why am I not? And her parents were like, well, you know, your skin color is also beautiful too. And so is Nanny's, which is what she calls me. And she's like, well, I want to be black. And then I gave her that book and gave her the Mary doll in the really dark skin tone. And her parents are like, you're helping us Chanel, but we also need to like be able to explain. <laughs> you're like kind of making it really hard for us to explain to her. <laughs> to explain that she is not the lesser. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's so beautiful too, because this is all happening. There is slowly and not everywhere, I will say, an awakening of like understanding and making this accessible to people. Absolutely. Even in the last five years. And there's still like so, I mean, we know Mm. it's not everywhere. It's not welcome, but Mm. there are more things that are available. And I think, you know, with, with the book, I want, and and with my products, I want them, as you said, like I, I want them to be so beautiful that you're not buying them just because it has like a Catholic message or an mm. image that you're trying to pass on, but it just in and of itself is beautiful and it can be gifted and like left out in a home and it's not going to look like an eyesore. I think so many of us go to mass on Sundays and like, we know maybe like the bigger things, but but the church is full of so much richness. And it seems old or like inaccessible or like not for me. And so when we create these things that look a little more modern or look as beautiful as something else, like at a bookstore, if you're going to choose between two things, like if they're both beautiful and this one has a really wonderful message. And so, you know, my goal in a lot of what I, what I make is trying to make things for people who maybe wouldn't otherwise like choose something like this, if that makes sense. Like, you know, somebody's daughter that they're going to gift this to who has young children and she doesn't even know what the word liturgical living means. She doesn't need to know what that means to like enjoy this book, but it looks fun and engaging. And then there, there's something more like behind it, you know, and then to be able to see like, oh, wow, these saints are so diverse in where they were born. Or like, like my dad did not know who Josephine Baquita was. And we, oh, you want to know something so crazy? People listening will not, but this is a throwback. Wait, when you made, oh my gosh, ah, gosh, my background thing is just, yeah, dude. But the way that I carry around. So for everyone listening, I have this pin of St. Josephine Baquita that I, everywhere dude like everywhere I have like I love her and when you came out with this I don't even know when I was like I think I purchased like six or something (laughs) like and I just give them to people because I'm like dude the way that people don't know that she was just so cool so that's funny that you mentioned that you know I've been like trying to find a parish to go to because we're in a new city and then I see that this mission church just opened a year ago, um, the mission of St. Josephine Baquita, and it is five minutes from our house. So technically it's our parish like to go to. So we go there 
now every week and it's they only have a gospel mass they have one gospel mass in oh my gosh and and so we of course there's not too many white people and a lot of people don't know about it and they did this whole big um service two weeks ago for the knights of um peter claver yeah yeah and they had all the sister like the sisterhood there and they have like the big white like white outfits and the hats and Fran was like, I want to be them. And they all came over to her after. And she's like, mom, can I get that? Anyway, it's like the most wonderful thing. And we named the baby. We had, a uh, sadly had a miscarriage. We'd already named her Josephine hmm. and Fran had picked out this name, but she didn't know she, you know, she's three and like, she has no idea. She chose the baby's name because of, baby um joey kangaroos from mm. peppa pig joey is the baby kangaroo um so we were like oh we'll name her josephine and then we found this church and so i've been so excited to um to get to benefit from the black community in like it is so vibrant and joyful and i wish everyone could experience the mass that we are getting to to enjoy mm. and the richness like it it really is a huge blessing to us so i feel like saint josephine with that pin i'm like oh my gosh that's when i first learned about her and and like she just wasn't people weren't talking about her mhm only like once in February. So once in, <laughs> once in February, people remember how great she is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I had all the time in the world, I would like run to my, my room. I have like a pair of socks with her face on them. My, my family's not Catholic. So like whenever I didn't know this. Yeah. So my family's not Catholic. I'm the only one. So like whenever I go somewhere or, you know, I decide to like wear Josephine Bikita socks or like my pin or whatever. My family will be like, oh my gosh. But they love her because we root for everybody black, but they're always right. like, yeah, but they're like, oh gosh, you know, like we get it enough. So, um, <laughs> but I love, you know, so that's a part of too, why like when you put out things uh, and, you know, and there's some other creative people I've seen too, but especially like the things that I purchase from your, you know, your company is like, it's accessible in the way that even my family can be like, all right, wow, this is nice. And they're like, oh, this is cool. And they're not like, okay, Chanel, like, yeah, let's like hide that. <laughs> let's like give it a break. We get it, you know, but it's like nice. And they're like, oh, this is pretty. And, you know, and so it's just so beautiful. And so I, you know, I love what you're doing and, and thank you so much for sharing. And we're so excited. I'm so excited for your book and I'm excited to give it to all of my friends and have it in my own house. And hopefully I've been uh, itching to like get a hobby and uh, be more creative. Oh yeah. We got hobby, lots of things to try. Oh dude, I'm excited. I walked around in Michael's the other day and almost Ooh. like, yeah, and almost passed out. There were so many options. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm so excited and, you know, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm sure everybody will love it. Where can we find more about you and what you're doing? Where can we follow you? So our website is beaheart.com, quite simple. And on Instagram and Facebook, it's beaheartdesign. And so we have everything up there and we are also on Amazon. There's different things on Amazon as well. Awesome. We'll make sure to put all of that in our show notes. Oh, and then the last thing we do on every episode is we ask each guest about something that gives them hope or something that they're 
So giving them hope in the recent past or they're looking forward to that is giving them hope. So if you need time to think about it, I can go first or you can go if you're ready. How are you feeling? No, I have mine. This last Sunday at mass. So this was maybe the fourth week that we've been going to this parish. And uh, they told me as we were walking in that it was going to be the children's choir. And I will tell you, like normally you're like, oh, children's choir. Like, all right, it's going to be a long one. And the first song, like the the gathering song, I was moved to tears. And I don't think I've been moved to tears in mass in a long time. It was so beautiful. The music was was these kids, the way that they sang, they I mean, it was it was so I wish I like could have bottled it up and shared it. Mm. Um, but I noticed it was like, oh, I haven't gotten choked up and like tears in my eyes at mass, like outside of maybe like external circumstances that were like choking me up, but like from the mass um, and the fact that it was kids and recognizing like there is so much still like good in the world when there can seem like there's not. And like these beautiful voices that were there, it, it was really moving and gave me a lot of hope. Oh, that's beautiful. All kids choirs are good because kids are beautiful. But sometimes I'm like, maybe you. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I'm going to hit the mass a little later just because I get very distracted. So it's a me thing. It's not a children's thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. So my hope is my friend that's getting married. We went to college together in a small Catholic college. And uh, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to spend good time together during her bachelorette party. And it's, you know, and as people grow and evolve and change, like both of our faith lives look really different than they did when we were really earnest and in college. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like really, uh, I'm I'm hopeful that we will, you know, can continue this friendship that has lasted throughout the past like 15 years. And um, we can continue to be there for each other and walk with each other in faith and however that looks. So, um, so yeah, so it's going to be really great. And, and I'm also hopeful that this video doesn't come out. Yeah, I was going to say the video. Garbage. <laughs> we'll see. I know she'll cry anyway, because she's a pretty emotional person. I'm going to put in like a couple Taylor Swift songs. I know she'll like lose it, but, um, but we'll see, you know, if I, if I at least get one tear, I know that I did it, but Thank you so much again for being with us and look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for having me.